Think about like learning a new language because that's fundamentally what we're doing a lot of the time for guys. You know, we've got a very stunted emotional vocabulary and what we're doing is we're going to slowly build it up and speak a new language. You, know, you can't learn a new language overnight most of the time. Uh, so, you know, have some patience and grace with yourself and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of step into this. You know, so simply every day we're going to start a practice of you sitting down and attempting to connect into your experience and what you're feeling mentally, what you're feeling emotionally and what you're feeling physically. Hi everyone and welcome to the deeper podcast a podcast for all of you who want more more out of yourself your relationships your intimacy and life my name is sofia josefina and i'm here to bring you deeper i'm a sex life and relating coach and i'm fascinated by all things masculine and feminine and bringing the two back together helping people connect on a deep and real level so we can show up for each other partner with each other in our healing and call each other back into our power a very important part of that for me is honoring both sides, the masculine and the feminine, creating more understanding, more compassion and respect for each unique experience. And so in this series, I'm speaking specifically to men to honor them, to hear their perspective and how they go through relating the feminine life. Because so often we have demonized and devalued men in their experiences, needs and struggles. And I want to change that. So I hereby welcome you to my Deeper Into Him podcast series. And before we get started for all these conversations, I want to give a bit of a disclaimer because I realize that this conversation about men and women, masculine and feminine, can sound both heteronormative and gendered. Bear with me. Masculine feminine dynamics play it out in every relationship. So when we speak about men towards women, I hope you can hear it as being the partner who's more in their masculine and the partner who's more in their feminine. And this very often has little to do with gender. In addition to that, I do want to acknowledge that men and women have completely different societal expectations in the world and because of that different lenses. For instance, we tell men they should man up and women they should smile more. In that sense, some of this might be gendered, but I hope for people outside of that binary perspective that they might still feel some truth in any of these stories. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Deeper with Sophie Josefina. And today I am joined by Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Hello, Sophie. How are you? And I've actually been wanting to interview Mike for a very, very long time. I remember seeing his content way, like, way, like, before I started this business. I'm just thinking, wow, I want to be like Mike one day. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> well, so I'm glad Mike, we can make it happen. So Mike is a men's coach, an author, and an avid stone fruit eater, which I actually don't know what that is. It's just the first thing I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Mike works with everyday men in building legendary relationships with themselves, their partners, and their world. So yay, hi, Mike. <laughs> Hello. Stone fruit, yeah. So yeah, maybe it's more a, a, a colloquial collective <laughs> term. It's peaches, nectarines, plums, apricots. Yeah, you know. Right. Whenever I, I see it's a that big part your... of my life. <laughs> Whenever I see that in your bio, I thought, I always thought like, is this like a way to, is it, does this have something to do with like appreciating women? I'm not really sure. Yeah, is this, is this a, <laughs> some really, really niche joke that you should be getting? No, no. no. And look, the, you, know, like, you know, it's, it's part of my personality. I tend to talk about that <laughs> stuff, certainly when it's stone fruit season. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a term that's necessarily used as a collective, like in the U.S., you know, a lot of people will be like, well, what do you mean by this? Is it a kind of fruit? I'm like, it's a, it's a family of fruit that I'm very fond of. 
<laughs> I like it. It's amazing. I've been I've been wondering for ages what the stove fruit was about. So it's really about fruit. <laughs> there you go. It is 100 yeah. percent So Mike, for people who don't know you yet, what is maybe briefly like your story and what have you been building in the world lately? Yeah, yeah. So um my my story. Where to where to go? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, you know, we we chatted very, very briefly off here kind of starting into it and I suppose my story is I don't know you know maybe like everyone you know it's 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 a long evolving one of of me as a as a person me as a man and you know and then another part me as a coach and all the other roles um you know I was one of those dudes who was a, a very curious kid but very safe and and liked stability and like things to be known and certain I moved around a lot as a kid and it created a bit of you know instability in, mm. in me and I simply kind of became uh the dude that liked um things to be pretty controlled and, and known and so I became quite uh a stubborn little dude who you know would argue and stick to his very safe zone and so on and so that like the reason i say this because it became a big part of kind of who i was through my, my my adolescent years and and heading into university and out the other side uh you know i did a physical education degree and uh, at the end of that you know it's back in the early 2000s in new zealand where um not just anyone would go and be a personal trainer like you did a degree you know i did i was at university for five years and then i was like ah. Uh, the body's pretty interesting. Why don't I get into uh, become a personal trainer, you know? And so essentially from that day, I've worked for myself. But what I soon found was, oh, I'm working with human behavior. I'm trying to get people mm. to change their behaviors. And I didn't learn so much about this. This this is different. But what that kind of led me into for the next 10 or so years, you know, in that line of work was slowly evolving my process just through curiosity and like, how do I fix this problem that this person is presenting with? How do I work with what this person's, you know, kind of coming to me for? And most of the time it was me and it was kind of in a corporate environment and they were, um, you know, typically wanting something physical. And I soon tapped into the idea that there's something beneath this, you know, mentally and emotionally. And so come around 2012 or so is when I really started to explore myself. I was doing a lot of work for myself, mm -hmm. but also I'm um, really starting to look at like, what do I do? What do I want to do? What do I give a shit about? You know, really starting to ask a lot of um, self-reflective questions. And it's when I really looked at like, ah, I've been working with the same kind of dude, you know, all the time. And mentally, he's not where he wants to be. Physically, he's not. But that's the thing that he allows himself a little bit of work on, perhaps. You know, I can, I can work mm -hmm. on the physical. And I was very aware that there was always this kind of emotional drive beneath it. So I just started to, you know, crawl down that rabbit hole and look and what i started to see was quite alarming you know like fuck as it, it, mean you know i was in australia at the time was which is where you everything was fairly similar through most of the western world from what i could see you know rates of mental health suicide you know loneliness disconnection all this stuff i was like this this something's going on here and so that started to really make me look at what is going on with men i started to see this kind of disconnection from even knowing who and what was supposed to be and and kind of more present a lot of men myself included my clients and conversations I was having you know have have been living a life of this idea of who we think we're supposed to be and so i kind of started breaking that down and really exploring like oh we are we are lost to ourselves a little bit and so that's kind of really what took me into the work specifically with working with men and you know in a, in a quick and short sense helping men get their shit together Mm, so beautiful yeah I really resonate with the the 
that so many men are living the lives they should mm. and really yeah, crumbling or attempting under that pressure. to learn, live the life of what they should. <laughs> and there's always this disconnect and this like internal battle and wrestle. And, you know, it, it, it's, mm. I mean, it's hard. Right. And, you know, I, I, I have been that guy. I'm always going to be recovering that guy. Right. You know, a lot of the stuff that I create and, and write about is kind of for, for Mike of 23, 24 and, and younger, you know, <laughs> yeah. What did we need to hear at the time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, there was like, I, I was listening to you and you were saying that you used to be the stubborn dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so that was a big part of my, yeah. uh, my own work was like, I'm in my head a lot. I'm terrified of rejection and things that are different from what I can control. And so, you know, when I kind of started to really explore, like, what am I doing in the world? That was the big kind of block that was still there. But what I am doing is safe and known. And so, you know, a big part of my own work was to kind of get past, like myself, essentially, get out of my own goddamn way. Yeah, yeah. Because I know as a, yeah. as a woman or as the feminine or whatever you want to call it, I've also like dated, I call this a detached intellectual, just a dude that's very much in his head and trying to understand it all and analyze it all. And mm -hmm. uh, also with your emotions and it would drive me nuts. And I, <laughs> I would just get bigger and bigger and louder and louder because I actually wanted him to feel stuff. And it mm. wasn't happening. I wanted to see that I affected mm. him somewhat, that, that there was that there was something in him that got moved. And so it would just make me bigger and bigger, and not to not to not to bypass that that behavior also can be toxic at times. But it was such an interesting dynamic because I think mm. we live in a world where that type of behavior in men is very much seen as as a healthy, the right behavior, mm. right? It's very much like the intellectual. Yeah, he's on an even keel. Yeah. Right. It's that kind of, I don't, I don't move very far. The, the needle never moves very far. And I think, yeah. yeah, you know, one of the, look, there's so many, you know, pieces of messaging and conditioning and all that stuff, but there's also this idea, I think that we've perpetuated in meaning that, um, you know, like it's cool not to care. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's where that kind of um, often comes in often coincide with the fact that, you know, we learn that we shouldn't feel emotions or express them and, and, and anything like that. Uh, and so you you kind of just sit in, in your head, in your existence, going, well, I need to not react to that, you know, and you switch off and become number and number. And um, even though you are a human, right, we are humans and there is feeling and experience and all that stuff in there, you know, anything that you don't work or, or, or you know, bring into the light um, will sit in the darkness and atrophy and it gets weaker yeah. and weaker. And, you know, the amount of men that I speak to, who will say words to the effect of, you know, I just, it's like, I can't even real feel, really feel anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's nothing really for me. How do I even feel, you know, it's just so foreign because it's been, you know, stuck in a corner closet for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I also have a lot of men in my course that, that say this, like, I, I, I want to feel, my woman wants mm. me to feel, I want to feel, <laughs> I don't really feel a lot. What do you say to them? I mean, first of all, you know, like, okay, cool. Well, um, let, let's maybe look at, you know, what sits around that for him, right? Again, like if he's coming and saying, I want to feel, that's a different sign to like, I don't really feel anything and this is who I am, you know? So, so we might have to approach those things differently. But then the other thing I think that's very important, regardless of what we're talking about, but especially with men, because we tend to sit in that place of like the expectation that I need to be superhuman, um, yeah. uh, forgetting that humans right <laughs> a superhuman you would, you would maybe think means like more of human that means more feeling um but 
<laughs> Sally doesn't it doesn't lead that way, right? Superhuman kind of means a, an emotional robot. Mm-hmm. It often leads to having incredibly high expectations. So first of all, well, we're going to start really small. You know, mm-hmm. so simply every day we're going to start a practice of you sitting down and attempting to connect into your experience and what you're feeling mentally, what you're feeling emotionally, and what you're feeling physically. And then, you know, think about like learning a new language because that's fundamentally what we're doing a lot of the time for guys. Mm. You know, we've got a very stunted emotional vocabulary and what we're doing is we're going to slowly build it up and speak a new language. You know, you can't learn a new language overnight most of the time. Uh, So, you know, have some patience and grace with yourself and, you know, we'll we'll kind of step into this. But it's going to potentially feel uncomfortable. It might feel clunky. You know, it might feel like incredibly frustrating now that you open your eyes to some things but you don't have the tools and the know-how and all that stuff and so let's practice a bit of you know patience with that and know that some of that process is probably going to suck yeah that's okay (laughs) yeah some of it's going to suck yeah so i this is this is something i try to teach the women that i work with is that i think we're so we're so impatient we're so critical of men right like we want him to be super present. And the moment he's not, mm. we're super upset that he isn't. And there's such little leeway for the humanness of our men. <laughs> right. And I was like, wow, it's so like, just imagine being a guy and like having done your shit and read the books and going to a woman and like noticing that she's just waiting for the moment you're going to fuck up. And the moment you fuck up, you're also done. That's mm. rough. That's rough. Yeah, well, it brings in this whole other, I think, like set of expectations and almost confusion, right? So like what we might have been brought up with learning about, you know, be strong and stoic and all this kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, hey, but now we need you to be this totally other thing. It's like, what? what? But I'm just still trying to figure this shit out Mm -hmm. over here. And what is that even? And it's foreign to me and I'm trying. And, you know, like, let's really get to something. And I know you'll be so across this. And and I imagine you've helped a lot of women with this. But most men want to, especially in a heteronormative relationship setting, Mm -hmm. we want to show up and we want you to be happy and healthy and safe. That's what we want. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our old shit and our own shit gets in the way and maybe it doesn't yeah. look so great. Sometimes it looks fucking horrible, but you know, that's primarily what is at the base of our intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens and you when cut you that down, down? Like you say, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Down. Yeah. Well, you cut that down like that and it, it, you know, it, if he's standing on a rug, it kind of grabs it and pulls it out from under him. Right. And that, and that can be with a little boy in him comes out and he feels defeated and he might fight right get defensive and and, mm-hmm. and fight back in some you know way shape or form for some people obviously there's there's the physical way others it's barbs and and whatever and then others it's flee right fight or flight when yeah. we go into that yeah. um i am being threatened response and that's often yeah. the response and so potentially it's stone stonewalling and being dismissive maybe it's just disappearing you know and like you're not here right i can see you but you're not here so it, it, it could be any things but um I think the simple answer is probably it's not going to be the most amazing response, right? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not your job to build him up, but in terms of a partnership, you get to pump his tires because definitely he, that's what he wants to do for you too. Again, mm. it, it might not be that effective from time to time, whatever, you know, perhaps the, the equivalent of cutting him down is. I love this. that you, It's not your job to pump his tire, but you get to build him up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's what a partnership yeah. is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, if I need so my wife to do something, it's very different to I want to and she wants to and vice versa. Yeah. So what if he is shutting down? Like I've, I've been wondering this in my personal life as well. Like what is it What is it that that 
I, as, as the partner to somebody or to a man that's shutting down, mm. what, what can I do then? Because there's of course a, a part of me that just wants to be like, Oh fuck, you're not here again. You shut down <laughs> again, very dismissive. Right. Again, there's this whole yeah. narrative of like, men are only allowed to do an a minus and anything underneath a minus can reject them but like so what what can i actually do in that moment what does he need yeah i mean again like you know it might differ right for the for the guy and maybe the dynamic you know like if mm. if her um response is to potentially step into that masculine space it was like fuck you're not showing up so i'll do it right then that's probably going to be something that that challenges and again might come to that you know two options he, he might try and fight against that and butt heads or he might lean away from it and just be you know a, a floppy wet rag let's say um so i think you know to what we are potentially uh hoping that he will do is kind of step into some some masculine energy right and so um either way like step forward and lead and, and show up and and so i think in a simple sense it requires that polarity right so the invitation and potentially the softening and what is going to invite him forward you know i think the thing is always an invitation forward like telling him to do something or or, or whatever it's not necessarily going to work uh that well so you like the invitation could look like many different things perhaps depending on on the relationship and the context but um you know if i speak to my own example right like the the thing always in in my relationship that will invite me forward regardless of potentially what's going on is when my wife invites and and from a, a soft and receptive place because it's inviting yeah right and and in that you know maybe like the masculine loves to be appreciated have his has his tires pumps right and so i think it can be a pretty effective um caveat if genuine Mm -hmm. uh way to go about it in terms of you know coming in and particularly oh shit maybe i did something that wasn't quite on there you know so owning that and then saying look i appreciate when you xyz right maybe if it's relevant to what you're talking about but that level of like being seen and appreciated with the invitation that's receptive um i think it's a pretty good place to start yeah keeping in mind that he might not of course right but yeah. but you, you can never know what someone's going to do and if we're going to you know choose we have to be willing that they won't but uh, yeah that's where i would go with that yeah i love that the softening there's something you did a post uh, recently which was well, because also you talk you spoke about the language which is cutting right yes. and so like, i yeah. think that language is really important like cutting them down right yeah. it, it, it um, mm. kind of requires that softening yeah 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 you're right yeah sorry where you <laughs> so you did a post recently about fake positivity is negative as fuck and yeah. i love that because i think one of my like, big pet beefs with with men is maybe the love and light guy or the 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 a little bit also the the stubborn type we were talking about earlier but the just everything's always positive mm everything nothing's a big deal nothing really hurts like everything is just positive and it again is another thing that i noticed in my previous relationship which is making me bigger and bigger and bigger yes so can you tell me a bit more about why is fake positivity <laughs> negative as fuck <laughs> yeah well you know like you're potentially just putting your head in the sand and ignoring important shit that we need to face you know like we've sold this idea of you know be positive and see the positive and um you know affirmations and yeah. you know like silver uh, every cloud's got a silver lining and all this kind of stuff and of course these things are very valid um and you know just sitting and dwelling in like negativity and shit is is potentially the other end but like a human experience is messy and it, it you know it, it, there's a spectrum of emotions and experiences uh and so to attempt 
to either live all positive or at least appear all positive is self-denial, self-deception, and quite likely, you know, manipulation or attempted manipulation of others. Like, what the fuck is that? That's not positive, right? It, and so um, as humans often, and I do find it a lot in men, you know, in terms of the masculine, liking to be quite black and white and, you know, very detailed mm-hmm. and, so we can tend to go to the kind of all or nothing in a spectrum, right? Like the nice guy, if I'm not nice, I have to be an asshole. Like, no, you know, if I'm not being positive, that means I'm being negative. No, it can potentially just open the door for nuance and in, in humanity. So um, I think, yeah, as you said, right, there's there's the the potentially the um, the need to see the positive and absolutely everything. And I often think of, and this might be very obscure, <laughs> hopefully someone listening will get it but there's the scene in the monty python movie uh i'm pretty sure it's the monty holy python. grail and it's with the it's the black knight when he gets his, his arm yeah. lopped off right by the sword and he's got blood pouring out you know and he says what does he say he says it's just a scratch you know and then the yeah. next arm is a flesh wound it's like you're fucking bleeding out dude but this positivity right now is not helping you. You are bleeding to death. Like instantly, I always think of that example, right? To the point where he's just a torso on the ground. Still, you know, I'm fine. I can fight on it. It's like, no, you're you're about to die, right? And so sometimes different examples in our lives, maybe we're glossing over stuff for the for the need to feel and create a sense of positivity um, that we actually really need to look at. It's really important for us to potentially move to a more positive um, stage at, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of men speak that they, uh, the friends is they will break up with a woman because they don't want to hurt her anymore. <laughs> I think this speaks so much to that. I think men feel a lot of men feel very responsible for all the pain that is happening. And so everything just has to stay nice. And I think a lot of mm. guys forget, or at least I, the way I experience myself and, and my girlfriends is that we're actually very capable of being uncomfortable and in pain. Like we literally, bleed every month we bring children into the world like our body's actually made to be quite uncomfortable our systems are made to kind of move through that and i think like this is one of the things like i've always hated it when guys decided that for me of like oh yeah, of but course. i don't want to hurt mean, you anymore it's like, oh, but i decide that and so what does it actually say how uncomfortable i think a lot of men are with other people's discomfort with other people's and pain 100 yes. yeah. yeah yeah you know and and i think often uh, you know, kind of dragging along on the coattails of that is I'm wildly uncomfortable with my own pain. Yeah. And so I certainly don't want to sit with someone else's. Yeah. And so also if I feel like I am responsible for your pain, then what does that create in me? Guilt, you know, et cetera, et cetera, AKA pain. So I'm going to try and, you know, <laughs> make your mind up for you. Right. Which is ludicrous when you use that language. I'm so, deciding that you can't handle this. So I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's also not taking unequal. responsibility for your own shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hurt you anymore. And there's so many different examples of that kind of stuff. Right. Whereas yeah. maybe it's just like, you know what? I'm going to own my shit right now. Uh, I don't want you to hurt, but I understand that, that you may. Right, because I can't, I can't control anyone else's feelings. I can certainly influence them, and I, I can have a conversation to that, but I can't try and control them and manage them because, I mean, it's futile and, and disrespectful, really. Yeah, because it, it 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 sounds nice, but I know being on the receiving end of that, I'm always like, oh, what the hell? We're two adults. Why am I being coddled? Yeah, 
and look, I think that's probably a, a really valid kind of response. <laughs> I can manage my feelings. Can you, you know, perhaps speak what's really true for you in this situation? For you. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, th- and that's an invitation which might like create a little bit of panic behind the eyes. Right. But, you know, th- these kinds of invitations can happen in, in, in many settings, I think. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I can manage my feelings. I appreciate that. But, but yeah. if you didn't have to do it for that reason, what would the reason be? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak into the difference between nice guys and good men? Because I, I loved what you said that like men are very binary. So like, okay, so now nice guys are not, is not cool anymore. So what's the other thing then? Is it being an asshole? And like, <laughs> there's, there's something in between those two. So could you speak a little bit into that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there is, right? And, and there's, there's so much between it, you know, like there, there's an ocean between that. And that's where I think, you know, one example, as I said before, where a lot of guys who, who fall into the quote unquote nice guy category um who you know are a walkover who say yes to everything who are people pleasers who avoid conflict Mm. who you know do things for others but there's always this condition or set of conditions around it which is i need you to see me as a good nice guy look at me aren't i helpful don't Mm. i go out of my way and self-sacrifice and and i need you to Mm. like me and approve of me and so that's subtle manipulation right i'm often trying to manage your perception of me similar to to the example that we're sharing before Mm. that's not nice and so a lot of guys who fall into that place and i'll put my hand up as a recovering nice guy um struggle with the idea of any other set of behaviors because they think that the the alternative is the opposite I need to be an asshole, as you said, which is ludicrous, of course. But it makes sense when you perhaps connect into this guy's experience and and his his life experience and where he's coming from and the fact that he's wildly insecure and that's why he does all that stuff. He is looking for the world to affirm him. And so the idea of um, doing something different where there is a risk that I could not only not have a where I could not be liked and not be accepted and then that would potentially prove all of my deepest fears true that that is like you know foundation and identity shattering and so it's easy to look at something different and go what I have to be an asshole no way thank you I'm not going to be an asshole so I'll stick with this because it's comfortable and what I know and I can keep justifying it uh so you know any of that stuff again is I I attempt to give that breadth of it to, mm-hmm. to hopefully you know convey some understanding to, to that dude right because yeah. um, it's a shame that it doesn't work either but yeah the 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 simple point was this nice guys aren't good men you know nice guys quote unquote right they're the the men that are actioning that set of general kind of behaviors um from from a foundation of low self-worth and yeah. and um immense insecurity and so what's a good man you know a good man i think is is many things but um in in a simple sense he he is nice for the sake of it not to get something in return he's nice because he cares you know and i'll also extend this out that most you know guys who who would resonate with fuck i'm a nice guy they are nice guys genuinely good Mm -hmm. men most Mm -hmm. of the time but there's this element will be different for everyone that is coming from that intention that, mm-hmm. that, that I just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like one of the simple strategies is to drop the expectation, to drop the, the transaction, right? And what you need from others is simply be a good dude. 
right and so i think it looks like a lot of things you know he he is externally focused in terms of he he gives and is nice for the sake of it but he's internally focused in sense of that he creates his own security that he comes from a place of self-respect uh you know and so he has that kind of giving and caring energy as opposed to that kind of needy and taking energy yeah i think there's a lot of differences but some some pretty um simple ones come down to you know one is far more insecure and it manifests in his behaviors and one is secure in himself and that manifests in his behaviors yeah yeah i love that i've never been on the other side of a nice guy it's always felt like a fear dressed up as love and it would just mm. feel icky to receive i would just be like oh you're doing something nice but i don't want it i don't know why but i don't want it right? yeah because it comes with a, a condition of, yeah yeah, it's that kind of covert contract. And look, another thing that that I I I have spoken about this a lot, but I don't tend to to um, maybe I just forget this. <laughs> but something that also might resonate for a lot of guys in that um, space is that you know you use the word receive, right? Like receiving from a nice guy. Hopefully, if we can see, we can see it. Like by the way, nice guys, people who can see, they can fucking see what's going on. Um, is that nice guys also struggle to receive, right? Because yeah. they think yeah, because yeah. I put even though I might not be super conscious of it, I put conditions on everything. Uh, is there conditions on this? Do I have to do something here? And, and this is where we often build this kind of um, transaction, transactional mm -hmm. living, and there can be a lot of resentment giving what I expect from them and all that kind of stuff, right? They keep giving to me and so am I in their debt? I mean, what a total mindfuck. Yeah. Um, simply right but the, the struggling to receive is um, <laughs> pretty common and one of the things that I encourage a lot of guys to do is in a really simple like litmus test throughout your life like I think um, this can speak to a lot of things is explore how you go in regards to compliments mm. when, so, when given a compliment can you take it can you receive mm -hmm. it do you get awkward do you dismiss it do you you know feel like you need to give one back like it's not necessarily um anything to overanalyze simply notice can i receive that thing yeah and if you do feel awkward my my invitation uh to start with is regardless of what's going on internally for you take a breath and say thank you yeah, yeah. that's it yeah i love that one i me and my partner play around with um whenever one of us says i love you to not right away say i love you too because that's actually <laughs> like ping-ponging it back right away but to actually take a breath and maybe the response is yeah i feel really loved maybe that's mm. the actual response i love is like yeah fuck i do feel really loved by you that's a very different energy than i love you too because you're, you're just you're just bouncing it back when you say like oh you did really well in that presentation you right right away say oh you're great at your job too yeah it doesn't feel yeah. like anything's received it just feels like it's exactly yeah. did, did we both receive those things or yeah. did we both put them somewhere off over there yeah in another cupboard yeah yeah exactly yeah this is such a beautiful conversation so um I, i'm just going to read a quote because i loved what you wrote there men the more you wait for your partner to show up for you reassure you acknowledge you soothe you so that you can show up for her fully so you can show up for her, the less likely she is to do so in the way you want, and you will both miss out. Leading means going first. So this is very much about like, I think some men can very much be waiting for their partner to make them feel good about themselves. Yeah, right. Kind of that pump the tires thing, right? Like yeah. I, she doesn't appreciate me. Okay, well, are you showing up first and foremost? Yeah. Right. And, and not showing up in a way that's really you know, like I go to work and I provide, right. And I work really mm -hmm. hard. So, okay. Well, yeah. I, but like, have you had a conversation 
about <laughs> your intentions for why you work, you know, because you want to provide for your family or, or whatever the situation is, right? And so if you're if you're sitting there and hoping that, you know, I I I need her to to love me and appreciate me and 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 mm. show up for me so so that I can do it for her, then you know, you're waiting for her to lead you. And, you know, that's a, that's a codependent, like needy energy. Uh, and so, you know, you could look at that and go, well, why, why do I have to lead it? It's like, fuck, you don't have to, but do you want to have a partnership <laughs> where your partner like wants to follow and adore you? That's up to you. Um, and so, yeah, do that, as I said in that quote, uh, what happens is we both miss out. Yeah. Yeah, or that maybe it's back to one of those examples earlier with the, the cutting down and potentially her going into her masculine because he's not showing up. You know, maybe then the risk is you get into a relationship where your partner, gentleman, is in her masculine um, yeah. because she's felt the need that she has to because you won't. Yeah. And so, you know, by by the law of polarity, you're going to sit in that softer, um, really ineffective feminine place. Yeah. And again, that might be the relationship that you want. So fill your boots. Mm -hmm. But if it's mm -hmm. not, you know, it's something to look at. Yeah. What about, I actually really love this topic, but what about when men do find their partners a lot? Like when I've, I've given several examples where I would just get bigger and bigger and bigger. I know that for a lot of dudes, that's a lot to receive. Right? Her <laughs> emotionality, her chaoticness, her up and down i know i can be completely in bliss one hour i can depressed the other like it's very much the feminine being mm. i think i know that actually for a lot of guys that is a lot to handle right mm. and i think we, we mm. kind of expect them to be able to be to do that but i think for a lot of men that's actually that's intimidating almost yeah and again especially because i think in a simple relativity you know standpoint as mm -hmm. you said right like earlier the dude who is the even keel you know relative to me that's so foreign i i can't even understand that experience because i hardly ever come off the center line right yeah, so it's yeah. it's foreign and unknown and that alone you know speaks to many examples okay. um is often going to speak to to the challenge so then what's happening you know when we reach that edge of the unknown regardless of the of the context is you know the safety mechanism fires off right like i don't i don't i don't, I, 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 I don't know how to do this right and so potentially we go into that like fuck this you're crazy that fight right or flight like yeah. oh, i'm just gonna lean away from this or, or, or dismiss or go away or like i'm just gonna give you the space but not effective space space like i'm running away space right because that's that little boy potentially that little boy energy kicking in where I, I i don't know what to do here and regardless of where it's whether it's purposeful or not as a test you know the feminine is like a wave testing the rock and so um you know the simple question i suppose is can you stand mm -hmm. yeah and be okay in that and not have mm -hmm. to fix it and not have to yeah. manage her process and her emotions and her experience yeah, yeah, yeah. and simply be with it and if need be say hey you know what for my own sanity and emotional process right now i need to create some space is that okay with you yeah like have the conversation um and so the practice really is being able to to to, to sit and to stand and not necessarily like literally maybe metaphorically but but also you know literally uh as well and if it's so foreign first and foremost um first of all ask yourself because I think what a lot of guys in that example that you're speaking to will do is it's something I've done. Mm 
this is something about me right now. Right. What, what have yes. I done? Therefore, what yes. do I need to do to, to manage it, right? If, if the levels are up and down here, what do I need to do to bring it back mm-hmm. where it's comfortable and manageable for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this thing about me, which again, like, fuck, what? And I, I say that as the dude who's done it and probably still does it, um, but hopefully to get a bit of understanding there too, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so if it's super foreign, like like the emotional literacy piece before, you know, you've got to put the training wheels on and, um, and, and slowly improve and become more capable. And so that's going to require a bit of patience and grace with yourself and, and potentially asking for that from your partner. Yeah, I love that. You know, like I don't know how to navigate those, those highs and lows of yours at the moment. Could you tell me how that would look for you? because that's, that's what i so want to do to hear. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right and you see that's how that's simple. not necessarily trying to fix or solve anything but it's also saying and by the way fellas a very simple one like how can i solve and support not solve how can i support you or show up for you right now right and and then to the ladies what i would say is like sometimes you're like i want you to know how to do that but again if he doesn't know any way shape or form right now then hoping he will guess is setting you both up for failure and so again back to my earlier point we want to we want you to be safe and have your experience and feel happy and love. And so sometimes tell us this and that. And the next thing I can do that. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. But maybe if you look at my last 35 years, I've never learned how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have terrible PMS. It's really, really bad. And, and <laughs> the way my partner deals with that is not by like coddling me or sitting next to me like, what do you need? Do you want chocolate? Do you need? Cause if he does that, I won't to his face off it's also not by avoiding me and not being in the room or judging be like fuck you're crazy today it's also not that we he has this very beautiful thing where he's just in the room doing his own thing and that's truly all i need that i know that if i do want to have a cuddle or just want to cry or watch a sad movie together or eat together whatever i can just go and sit on the couch with him and he's there and and I, there, there's a there's a conversation I can start, but I don't need to, and he's also not calling. So, it's actually that mm. simple. <laughs> it's actually that yeah. simple. It's just kind of being in the same space. That's often more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I, I'm assuming, right? It, it, that kind of thing will be different for everyone, and so that's yeah. why you know, like, have the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Less guesswork, more more <laughs> like yeah. conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And also I love what you said, like speaking about, um, I don't really know what to do for you right now. What do you, what, how can I support you? I love that. I love, cause a lot of men are like, I don't know what to say to her. Literally say that. I don't really know what to say to you. I don't know what yeah, to so say. Yeah, so saying nothing isn't the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and even it's sometimes when you're like, what, what I will say to my partner is like, I'm going to give you space now, yeah. which is maybe a different way of saying, I'm not going to talk to you <laughs> right now. I don't know what to say to you right now right um but at least i'm communicating what i'm doing and the intention behind it yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm not disappearing like you said right it's not that it's not that like leaving it's like this is what i'm choosing to do i can come back to the space or you can come to it if you want me to come let me know otherwise i'll I'll wait for you to come to me yeah yeah i love that that feels way more because i think there's a level sometimes of not being transparent about what's going on that makes the other very insecure I know that gives me feelings of insecurity when he just shuts down and leaves the room and I have no idea what's going on. And just indeed the simple sentence, like, I'm going to just give you some space. And if you need me, I'm in the other yeah. room. That's already yeah, like, because I suppose oh. there's a reality where, 
<laughs> yeah. And, and I suppose there's a reality where, you know, the, the response to like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know how to support you right now. Yeah. How can I? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I want right now. Right. I just don't, you know, yeah. okay. So again, like, you know, mm. next, next challenge. Cool. So how do I, what do I do here? Well, probably don't go, oh, fuck, if you don't know that, I don't know, you know, or, or something like yeah. think about some compassion and some empathy. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a bit of space until you can work that out and just know that I'm here if you need me. Like, yeah. That's fucking simple. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe my last question is, um, <laughs> what are, like, I, I think it's really important for men to understand what is actually wounded feminine or over-the-top feminine or, or things that are just not okay. Because I think a lot of men mm. just think like, okay, she's, she's, like chaotic and all over the place. And I need to be able to handle that or otherwise communicate that mm. I can't, but like, what is actually the boundary? Because I think that's something a lot of men are really, <laughs> I can, I can hear that, that a lot of men are really struggling. Like, where do I give her boundaries? What are the boundaries that are allowed? Where is it that mm. I just need to be able to handle emotions better? And what is like a no-go? Yeah. And I like, you know, it's a great question. Right. And I think um, for me, this speaks to um, something that I would broaden out, like mm -hmm. that example of, you know, like what, what is not okay and, and what has gone yeah. beyond like some, you know, let's say natural and, and healthy feminine to something that's, that's more wounded and ineffective is, well, maybe trying to figure out where the line is in the midst of that storm is going to be quite challenging. Mm-hmm. So, so can you give perhaps both of you the rope that if you happen to be in that for the first time and you haven't figured this out yet, maybe this isn't going to be the moment, maybe we figure it out, yeah. right? Because when we get into conflict, we're not necessarily the most effective at handling conflict. So have this conversation. Mm. Hey, you know what? Um, you know, when there's love and, and partnership and connectivity, um, you know, sometimes when we get into conflict and, you know, I see this, you know, like sometimes emotional highs and lows from you and I often don't know how to respond or what, where I just stand and accept and allow you to flow and whatever, uh, or where something isn't acceptable and, and where I draw the line. Maybe my history would have said the line is way fucking earlier and I'm, and I'm learning that there's more rope there, but I really don't know sometimes. So could you support me? And what do you think is where you're in a good place and where it's perhaps Oof. gone ineffective? And, and like, mm -hmm. have that conversation. It might be a series of conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and because one of the things that for me that speaks to is communicate about your communication. <laughs> when you're able to communicate about it. Yeah. You know, and so my wife and I will have those conversations um, when, we're, when, it's not, when we're not in the storm. Because it's fucking wildly ineffective and and like oh man difficult to try and do it in the eye of the storm, and so you know the, and I think one of the points there is the the, the boundary and the line etc will potentially differ from from time to time, and yeah. so one of the things that the way I look mm -hmm. at it is one of the things that we can create in in those kinds of conversations is you know the tools and the strategies and the indicators and 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 what we use. And so, you know, like one of the things that my wife and I use is like a safe word. You know, I say, oh, yeah. when I think the boundaries hit, I'm like, pineapples. 
and that's like this 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 isn't mm. working i need you to look at some shit i'm going to give you some space right now but at least that's the, the state changer you know and because at the same time i might be in a different place the not the most effective place to tune into a line boundary you know like maybe i'm working maybe i've got the baby like whatever it is right mm-hmm. and so arming ourselves outside of those situations is what allows us to be hopefully more skilled and more effective than them but what this comes back to for me is partnership like can we as partners work together on this so that when these things happen whatever they are but given that example uh, we can both navigate them more effectively i have tools to perhaps you know ground you a little bit or pull you back to the situation or, or whatever it is yeah, I love that. It's really this like, can we partner in each other's nervous system rather than defend ourselves from what you may or may not be doing? And that's a very different energy. Yeah. Like, okay, I see you. I know what your buttons are. You know what my buttons are. Like, <laughs> I want to partner in that and also respect my own humanness. And yeah, I love that. Okay, super, super final question. What do you love about the feminine? <laughs> um where do I start? Where do I stop? No, I think, I think maybe this speaks to, to, to me in one of the answers before, but you know, like I, I find newer more attractive than anything in my wife, which is my most common representation of, I suppose is, is softness is, you know, yeah. like when she softens and melts and, and, and like receives for me, that is, you know, like absolutely um, the most appealing and most amazing thing. You know, there's, there's obviously a lot, a lot in there potentially, but that um, for me is, is it beautiful i love that gorgeous question um if people want to hear or learn more about you where can they go mike yeah so you know mike campbell is is me it's a somewhat of a common name so i don't tend to own that uh you know in google um but yeah come and find <laughs> me on instagram mike campbell mc is me and you know all, all around the internet um Instagram is a good place to, to come and hang out and say hi if you want. Happy to, you know, receive messages and questions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for today, Mike. I really, really, really appreciate you. This is beautiful. Thanks for having me. It was wonderful to chat. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, my loves, for listening to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation. So I love, love, love it when you share my work. If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media. Tag me in it and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina. Or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there.